When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, here with this Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I'm going to put it bluntly here. Steeler fans are bothered. Not hot and bothered, they're just bothered. They have a ton of questions. So we know it's Wednesday. It's the first day of autumn. Happy fall, y'all, as they say. They say, but still, it's a it's a situation where we know on Wednesdays is Mailbag Wednesday, the second half of the show. I always do my Mailbag Wednesday, and so I put out the tweet, put out the Shooter McGavin gif, and again, fans are just I, they're they're at a loss. We'll put it that way. They are at a loss. They're they're confused. They're wondering what's happening. They're wondering if there's any fix. There's a lot of questions out there. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have all the answers. I don't. I rely on others that know more about football than I do. I try to do my own research. But ultimately, I'm not the the be-all, end-all. I'm just a guy that has a microphone in in front of his face three days a week. And I was on other shows, too. And I give my opinion. And it just turns out that a lot of people maybe have the same opinion, or maybe they just enjoy hearing my take on things. But nonetheless, I don't have all the answers. If the answers were that easy, that some 38-year-old father and husband, uh, PE teacher, personal trainer, all the many different hats, writer, podcaster, (laughs) whatever, all the many hats that I wear on a daily basis, knows the answers, I'm pretty sure the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff would know the answers too. But I'm going to do my best, dang it. I'm going to do my best to answer. I'm going to answer every single one of your questions in the second half of this podcast. But I really want to talk about excuses. And this game coming up against the Cincinnati Bengals for the Steelers, uh, week three, Heinz Field, first divisional game, really, really big game. Really big game. I know it's week three. It's week three, but it's a big game. Before we get to that, I want to mention BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. In case you've never checked out the website, let's say you listen to our podcast platform. I didn't realize this until last season when we had several people message either myself or Dave Schofield and say, hey, I found you guys just searching on uh, you know Apple Podcasts. I just searched Steelers and found your channel. It's awesome. They had no idea that there was a website attached to this podcast platform, which is pretty cool in its own right, but also... We hope you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have news faster than ESPN. We have more in-depth breakdowns. We have more content. The one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And our podcast platform is exploding. We're shattering records every single month. Uh, It is... It's kind of mind-boggling, to be honest with you. Uh, For someone that has been a part of this since Bud Dupree was drafted, I, I took over the website shortly before that draft... Bud Dupree, the 2015 NFL Draft. I mean, we started a podcast platform, but 
It was nothing like what we're doing right now. Uh, it, it's really great. I mean, even for me, I listen to all of our morning shows on my way to work. I listen to the noon shows on my way home from work. I try to check the afternoon shows as much as I can, but it's just we have so much unique content that you could actually pick and choose the shows that you like that you want to listen to. We hope you listen to them all, but there's a lot of content. But check it out. Wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow. Do whatever you have to do, depending on the platform, so that you don't miss a thing. All right. Enough of that. Let's get to this. Let's get to the, the the meat of this podcast. I wanted to talk about excuses, not so much from the players, but really from the fan base. There's a lot of people that are Steeler apologists. I fall into that category at times. I'm not going to lie, but there's a lot of people that always want to develop some type of excuse as to why the Steelers may or may not be performing the way that they are. <clears throat> I still do feel that there are fans out there that for some unknown reason, they want this team to fail. They want this team to fall flat on their face for nothing more than to just be able to say, I told you so. I, that's that's kind of sadistic to me, but and, and I definitely question that person's fanhood. But th- there are people on Twitter. I mean, go to Steelers Twitter, my goodness. You'll see people that when if Ben Roethlisberger is struggling, they're happy. Why? I told you he would stink. It's like they just want... To this person or this team to fail for whatever reason, just to be able to say, I told you so. So there are people that are out there that are like that. There are people out there that are like that. But the excuses we want to talk about today, it's enough of it. Enough of the excuses. It's time for the Steelers to prove their worth. Prove it to themselves. Prove it to the coaching staff. Prove it to the organization. Prove it to the fan base. It's time for the Steelers to actually go out and prove something. So when you're talking about injuries, I mean, my goodness, the injuries. Jeez, Tuesday, Mike Tomlin meets him. <laughs> we all knew about the the injuries to you know Joe Hayden, Devin Bush, T.J. Watt, Deontay Johnson. Those aren't new injuries. Tyson Alualu, we knew about those. Well, then Mike Tomlin gets up on <laughs> at the press conference and he starts talking about how Ben Roethlisberger has a pectoral injury, left pectoral, non-throwing chest injury, and then also. Alex Highsmith has a groin injury. What the heck is going on? And now that they're, they're signing Taco Charlton to the Steelers practice squad, I mean, my goodness, the injuries. And there's a lot of people out there that say that's the reason why the Steelers are struggling. That's the reason why they lost in week two, because of the injuries. And to an extent, I believe that. You, know, you listen to... Uh, you listen to the live mic with Michael Beck on Tuesday morning, or if you listen to the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict on Tuesday at noon, they both talked about how if the Steelers would have just had TJ Watt for four quarters, it probably could have been a different outcome. Not saying it would have been, but it would have been a different outcome in terms of how the game played out, especially in the second half. But nonetheless, here's the issue. Here's the difference now between going into week two and the Week 2 game, and now leading up to this game against the Cincinnati Bengals. The first and foremost is planning. Planning. You had Joe Hayden and Devin Bush pop up on the injury report on Friday. Friday. You have to think about how this works for the football team as they prepare. So when they are preparing for this, the game is on Sunday. Typically on Monday, they rehash that game, and they're already starting to put in the game plan for the next opponent. In some instances... They're working on the game plan for the next opponent before the previous game. 
So that would mean that the Steelers were doing some homework on the Cincinnati Bengals before they played the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, before anyone freaks out and messages me on Twitter saying they're overlooking opponents, they do this every week, and they're not the only team that does this. This is also why they have a scouting department that goes and scouts these teams and gets stuff together. And coaches like Matt Canada will start to take a look at personnel groupings and things like that. Don't go overboard with the overreaction. But they'll start on Tuesday, they'll put a plan together, and then on Wednesday, they start implementing that plan in practice. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, practice, Saturday, walkthrough game on Sunday. When you have a plan in place, and you're going Wednesday, Thursday, everything's great, plan is in place, we are ready. Friday, uh uh-oh, two of your defensive starters are on the injury report now and are listed as questionable. Okay, maybe we'll get them back. We have high hopes. You try to build a contingency plan, it doesn't always work out that way. And then Sunday rolls around. Ah, uh, they'll be active. Uh, uh-oh. Inactive. Not playing. TJ Watt, down. <laughs> Alu-alu. Sorry, I always mispronounce that. Tyson Alu-alu, down. Fractured ankle. Basically done for the year. If if he, I think he probably is done for the year. If he's coming back, it's not going to be till the very end of the season. And now you're looking around thinking, what in the world is going on? So the injuries last week, I get it. You want to you want to hang your hat on that as for the reason why they lost. That's fine. Go for it. You have every bit of information and knowledge to be able to say this is why, and no one would doubt that. No one would disagree with you, but not this week. Even if Hayden, Bush, Watt, Johnson, Highsmith, even if they all can't play, they know this, and they can plan around it. It's something Mike Tomlin talked about on Tuesday during his press conference when he mentioned how. The Steelers now are are able to plan for the players that they know will be available. So the Joe Schoberts, the Robert Splane on the inside, you're you're Justin Lanes, maybe you're Akella Witherspoon, maybe you're um, James Pierre, you're you know the the Cam Suttons. What are they going to do with these situations? Trey Norwood, they have time to prepare. That's not an excuse for me going into Week Three. You know, everyone says the standard is a standard. Well. If it is, get the next guy ready. They have time to do that now. I'm not buying injuries anymore. Also, the aging quarterback, the aging quarterback narrative. We all love that one, right? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, he's 39 years old, 18th year in the season. Does he still have it? Well, what doesn't he have? Like That's my question. Like, what doesn't he have? So I saw the game on Sunday, just like almost everyone listening to this podcast did on Sunday. Anyone else see that he had some pretty good zip on those passes? If arm strength is what he doesn't have, not buying it. Not buying it for a second. Does he not trust the offensive line? That is something he might not have, is trust in his offensive line. Does he not have the mobility? That's obvious, but even with that being said, we've I've seen him manipulate the pocket better this season than I have going back to maybe 2017 or before. He looks like he's in great shape. What does he not have as an aging quarterback? I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm saying I'm not leaning. I'm not giving him a crutch to stand on if he plays poorly. Now, don't give me that I'm 39. Don't give me that I've got a lot of wear and tear on the body. He looks like he can get the job done. It's just a matter of getting the job done. To me, the aging quarterback excuse, out the window. The inexperienced offensive line is another one. Oh, inexperienced offensive line. That's why they can't run the ball because they're so inexperienced. Now, I've been very vocal with I think the offensive line is 
pretty much garbage right now. I stand by that. But I'm not saying it's all inexperience. Why? Every single time you step on the field, you gain experience. So what we should be seeing is an inexperienced line that is gaining experience together. So we should see improvement. If you don't see improvement, well, that's the worst-case scenario. That's a scenario that what you see is what you're going to get for 17 flipping games unless you get someone like Zach Banner that can come in and kind of be the gel that keeps everything together. I said this on Monday. I'll say it again. Are we really putting all of our hope eggs, if that was the thing, like (laughs) all of our hope eggs into Zach Banner's basket? I'm not. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not. This inexperienced offensive line, the inexperienced part, yeah, that excuse is going away. That's going away. Now, who, how long people give them depends on who you're talking to. Some might say, I'll give them three games. I'll give them four games. I'll give them five games. Yeah, you're starting two rookies. Well, they better turn it around this Sunday. That's what I'm saying. This Sunday is the time that that excuse leaves. There's no more pregame jitters. You've played a game on the road. You've played a game at home. I'm not saying that you've seen everything, but in terms of the environment, in terms of the game itself, things should start to slow down. That excuse is gone. Last excuse. Oh, but the schedule's just so tough. Oh my gosh, the schedule. It's the hardest schedule in the world. No, my goodness. This is what some of these people sound like. I don't know them. I don't speak with them in person. But if I did, I guarantee you that's what that sounds like. Maybe throw in a Pittsburgh E's accent, a Yinzer accent, maybe. And that's what you have. Well, here's why the schedule to me doesn't, it doesn't pan out like that anymore. Anyone? Outside of me, I mean, I always pick the Steelers to win, but anyone pick them to win in Buffalo in week one when the schedule came out? Probably not, right? Probably not. Anyone pick the Raiders to beat the Steelers at home in the home opener? (laughs) Probably not. If you haven't figured it out by now, the schedule, it just, no, you never know what you're going to get any given week. I mean, for, for instance, look at the Cleveland Browns. Jarvis Landry goes on injured reserve. He's going to miss at a minimum three weeks. Now, all of a sudden, the people that are looking at the Cleveland Browns on their schedule, they're like, well, wait a second. That game just got a little bit easier. Their toughest and best receiver, in my opinion, is going to be on the shelf. I mean, and then you look at uh, his name escapes me, pass rusher for the Broncos. He has to have surgery on his foot, fix a bone spur. He's out six to eight weeks. He's going to miss the Steelers-Broncos game in week uh, five. At Heinz Field. Things change. Don't lean on the schedule. I guess what I'm trying to say here is it's time. It's enough of the excuses. It's it's enough. Like, let's just throw it out the window. It's it's My favorite time is put up or shut up time. It's put up or shut up. When I was a coach, I used to tell my team that all the time. I don't want to hear about it. Just go do it. Like, don't tell me what you're going to do. Anyone can give lip service. Go and do it. Put some action behind your words. And you know you hear people. I mean, my goodness, if you listen to the post-game press conferences uh, after the game on Sunday against the Raiders and you heard Ben saying, I need to play better. And Minka Fitzpatrick, that's all on me. And Cam Hayward and, and Najee Harris. We all need, oh, my gosh, guys, come on. You, you, this, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of as a parent and as a teacher. You know, I'll give you an example. This did happen. This is a true story. I My son, who's our oldest, 
One day, I remember he had this wiffle ball bat. It was one of those wiffle ball bats that kind of looked like a Fred Flintstone uh, club. You know, they had there's a really big end, and, and then he had the smaller handle. It, it was really easy to just, man, I, I would use it all the time, just hit bombs. Anyways, still, he one day he walked up behind his sister, <laughs> who's the, the second of, of kin to our son, and he just man, he nailed her. And he swung that bat, hit her right in the back of the head. Didn't hurt because those bats are kind of soft. And so I yelled at him and what are you doing? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're not sorry. You did it on purpose. Sorry is, oh my gosh, I swung the bat and didn't know she was behind me. I'm so sorry. That was an accident. You apologize for an accident. It's like all these guys, you know, oh, I need to play better. I don't want to hear you say that. Just go play better. You understand what I'm saying? Hopefully that comes through. If you're a parent, you definitely get it. But my gosh, just go do it. Put up or shut up time. This is what's coming up this Sunday for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are the Bengals. I get it. The Bengals also beat the Steelers last year with Ryan Finley, a quarterback, on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati. And that was Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback. Let's not forget that. The Bengals are going to be another tough test. In mainly... Because I don't think the Steelers are right now some dominant team that, oh my gosh, are we going to play down to our opponent? Play down to your opponent? Are you joking? Have you watched this team play? Give me a break. This team should be taking every single opponent, no matter what their record is, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the coach, the defense, whatever, take them as if they are the defending Super Bowl champions. They're going to be a tough test. Joe Burrow, if you don't think that if Joe Burrow is awarded the time that Derek Carr had in the second half, that he won't pick apart that defense, you are nuts. You didn't watch him at LSU. You didn't watch him last year before he got hurt. He is a talented quarterback, and he also has very, very talented skill players around him, whether you're talking Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, I could go on and on, Jamar Chase, I think that's his name, the rookie. But nonetheless, I mean, that's those are a lot of weapons at his disposal. And if the Steelers can't get to him and they don't have Joe Hayden and they don't have Devin Bush, he will pick that defense to shreds. Derek Carr gave the blueprint if they can't get to the quarterback. The pass rush is going to be key. It is going to be key, but we'll talk about that more on Friday. I'm a little fired up which makes the mailbag even better, in my opinion. And I'm going to get to that right after this break. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Jeff Hartman here again. Second half, Mailbag Wednesday. That's right, the Shooter McGavin gifts. We're back. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. Every Tuesday, put out the tweet. You know, hey, you know the drill. Steeler questions. Y'all did not disappoint. I think we had close to 30 again. I'm going to do these rapid fire, try to get through as many as I can. Who am I kidding? I'm going to do them all. So if you have to stay up a little bit later, I'll write you a pass. Don't worry. All right. Our own Matty Peverell from the Touchdown Under crew. He says, when are the Steelers going to dump Benny Snell and just go with Ballage? Ballage. I'm sorry, I haven't said his name in so long. I just mispronounced it. He said, you can't. You can tell McFarland Jr.'s injury is a big loss to their plans. So, I do think that Anthony McFarland did. they did have a plan for him, and it was to kind of spell Najee Harris at times. 
Um, nonetheless, with that said, until McFarland comes back, I don't see any moves being made on that depth chart at all. And on top of that, I will honestly, I put money on it that when McFarland returns and is healthy, that it'll be Balage that goes. Benny Snell was a drafted player. I think he was a third or fourth round pick. Can't remember which. They value those. They're not going to want to just dump those players. So that's what my that's a little uh, bold prediction there. When McFarland comes back, it'll be Balage that gets released. All right, Grantus S. Ulis uh, says, "All righty, here you go. Given what we have seen from the Steelers the past few seasons, has Mike Tomlin become complacent, and is he now too comfortable in his position?" I don't think so. If you remember, up until this past offseason, I believe, and Mike Tomlin was entering the final year of his contract, and that is rare for the Steelers. They typically want their coaches locked up two years ahead of time, and he got a three-year extension. They put some faith in him, but I think he was kind of feeling it a little bit. I don't think he's too comfortable. When you coach in Pittsburgh, the fan base tells you this. If you're not winning Super Bowls, you're not doing your job, and he hasn't won a Super Bowl, hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a long time. So I think he, he's feeling the heat. I don't think he's complacent at all. Next question. Sebastian says, what do you think about the role of Derek Watt? $3 million cap hit, and we're not using him. Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Thank you for using the hashtag, Sebastian. Uh, for me, I, I, they can't do anything right offensively right now. And, and then running the ball, you kind of wonder if Derek Watt would just kind of get lost in the mix. Mike Tomlin was asked about this on Tuesday. He said it's all on the table as an option. They're just not sure what's going to happen. My question is, if they're not using him, why not, based on the fact that in training camp, oh my goodness, it's all we heard. Derek Watt on the wheel route. Derek Watt on the flat. Derek Watt, Derek Watt. I mean, all this stuff, you want to see it come to fruition on the football field. We'll see if it happens. But um, I, I would like to see them use him some, even if it's just short yardage goal line, something. My goodness. You're paying the guy $3 million, like you said. Next question. Amanda says, talk of bringing in Taco, Taco Charlton. Is Watt's injuries worse than the team is leading on? Is Jamar, uh, Jameer Jones not quite ready? So <clears throat> he obviously asked this question before it was made official that the Steelers did bring in Taco Charlton to their practice squad. And my me reading into this is just he is insurance if Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt cannot play. So, because remember, Highsmith was on the injury report with the what Tomlin said that he had a groin, and said so that might limit him. So, if you're sitting there and you're like, okay, if if Watt and Highsmith are both out, what are you going to do? Are you going to go into a game with Jameer Jones and Melvin Ingram and say, all right, guys, you got it, hundred percent of the snaps, go get them? No, you need some type of insurance, and that's Taco Charlton. So that's why they brought him in. I think it's just insurance, to be completely honest. Next question, Pittsport Bot. He says, do you think? The early struggle from the offense and lack of creativity from Canada's system is due to scheme, trouble, or O-line letdown. What's the fix? To me, I don't put blame on Matt Canada. I don't put blame on anyone really other than right now the offensive line. I think it's the O-line letdown. They need to do better in every single facet of their job. If they can do that, and this is something that I, I said this on Monday. I was very devout in my thoughts on how the O-line was just playing really, really bad football. And I was on the Steelers app, and I watched a segment with Merrill Hodge, Craig Wolfley, Mike Prezuda, and Missy Matthews was kind of directing traffic. And I listened to these guys, and Merrill Hodge and Craig Wolfley, both who played in the National Football League on the offensive side of the ball, we're talking about 
you know, what I was saying is what they were saying. That, yes, Najee Harris is doing some things. that He's very rookie-ish. But the offensive line's not getting the job done. And I was like, though, okay. A little bit of validation for Jeff there. A little <laughs> validation for Jeff. So I think it's the offensive line. And if they can fix that, everything else should open up. But we'll see. It's not that – let me rephrase this. You know, you listen to the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict this week. Great episode. Make sure you check it out. He outlines how Ben Roethlisberger is not playing well. And I've said that. He's not playing well. So Ben playing better is going to help the O-line, but the O-line's not good right now. Next question. Ben P. says, what do you think is the main reason our offense has started slow and looks sluggish for the past five years? I've watched other teams with old and young players, and they still look more competent than the Steelers. Hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you, Ben. That's a good question, by the way. I've watched, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and they're a running team. He's basically a running back. I've watched these teams, and I'm I'm literally in awe of how wide open some of these plays are and how these teams just are able to get players. And I honestly say to myself, kind of what you said, Ben, how in the world are the Steelers not able to do this? How in the world are we at the point now where we're like, man, everyone's everyone's able to scheme their players open for, for, except the Steelers. So I think it's a combination of the offensive line, which I just talked about. And then I also, th- I'm, I'm going to direct everyone back when you're talking about the offense to Jeffrey Benedict's podcast. I don't want to steal his thunder, but there are some throws that Ben Roethlisberger should be making that he's not. And if he does make those throws, it'll change how defenses play the Steelers and how the Steelers, how the, the defense approaches the Steelers offense can open up a whole slew of other options. So in other words, the way that defenses are playing the Steelers right now, it does not open up those underneath routes. Think about Buffalo when Josh Allen was able to hit, um, you know, th- those little dink and dunk passes, five, six yards, seven, sometimes eight, uh, all, all these little passes that were wide open. Now, he didn't get the deep ball, but they were able to move the ball. The Steelers struggled to even do that, and it's all because of how the defense is playing them. So it, a lot can change, and it can happen quickly, by the way. So that's there's hope in that. Next question by Todd Hall. He says, I think fourth and one last week would have been a great opportunity to introduce Watt to the offense. With the struggle of the line, with the struggle of the line wouldn't line up with all the heavies, including Watt, playing old school football make more sense. That's what's supposed to be Crumb's forte. Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Thank you, Todd. So we talked about Derek Watt. I would love to see him use them more. But speaking of the fourth and one, I reached out to our Kevin Smith who is Cliff Harris is still a punk on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and asked him, he, you know, he's a, this guy played collegiate football. He's been a varsity coach. He's been an offensive coordinator. Uh, he's, he's the head varsity coach of, uh, I think it's uh, Ocean City High School in New Jersey. And they're a really good team. And so I just sent him a message like, hey, what would you have done? Like, put yourself in Mike Tomlin's shoes. He said, I would have punted. He said, I, I don't have, I didn't have faith in a play or the players to get the yard. And so when he said that, I was like, wow, like that's, that tells me that, okay, there's a football mind there that is agreeing with Tomlin. Now as a fan, you know, Kevin and and Mike Tomlin as well, they've forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. Um, As a fan, I would want them to go for it. And Kevin did say that if he was going to go for it, he wouldn't have run the ball. 
he would have had Fryermuth go in motion and take a guy vertical and then have him out on the flat and force a linebacker to cover him. And that's how they would have gotten the yard. But if the, if he would have gone for it. So just something to think about. All right. Damon 29 says, should Ebron and or Washington be shopped for trades? I like them both, but the Steelers need a Minka Fitzpatrick trade like spark. So remember anytime you're talking about a trade, you need to have someone that is a trade partner. So someone has to desire Eric Ebron or James Washington. I'm not sure that that team exists right now. So I wouldn't trade him. I really wouldn't. If, if you're going to get a Minka Fitzpatrick trade spark, like that trade like spark, as you put it, you're going to have to trade a, a top draft pick or a really high draft pick. That's how you're going to get it. It's not going to be with an Eric Ebron or a James Washington. All right, Haskins QB2 says, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. That's what he said, I, I swear. What's wrong with the O-line? Is it coaching or what? Do we make moves to bring someone in to really help the O-line via trade or free agency? I don't think, you know, and again, I, I keep on saying this, but Mike Tomlin spoke to the media Tuesday. He answers a lot of these questions. He, they said, are you going to make any changes? And I think he's talking about even in-house, you know, do you put in Joe Haig or what about Chaz Green or, you know, whatever. He said, no, we're not making any changes. So I think right now the, they just need to get more cohesive they just have to keep playing together, and maybe if Zach Banner can come back, he can help. We'll see. Aiden Blaine says, who do you think needs to step up the most to fill Tyson Aluwalu's role on the defensive line? Hashtag Ryder Crew. Thank you, Aiden. Great question. It's going to be by committee. And until Stefan Tua can return, and Chris Wormley himself said he doesn't see him coming back for a while, his words, not mine, I just don't know who exactly is going to step up. Uh, they do have Isaiah Bugs as the top nose tackle on the depth chart. Henry Mondo was promoted to the 53-man active roster. And so, because uh, obviously Tyson Alualu was put on injured reserve. So we'll, Bugs will get the first shot at it, and we'll see how it goes. I think you would be, once Carlos Davis can come back, he'll get some reps. Wormley will get some reps there. We'll see. I, I don't have a definitive answer, and I don't think the Steelers do either. Next question from John Rollison. Hey, Jeff, my daughter's going to be born in the next couple of weeks, and I happen to be the kind of Steeler fan that screams, cheers, and claps for the team, depending on the play. How did you avoid waking up your kids while still being an avid fan? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. John, first and foremost, let me give you an early congratulations on the birth of your daughter. That is awesome. Bringing another Steeler fan into this world is tremendous. That's a good question. You know, I have five kids, and um, we're at the age now where th- th- that's kind of, they're kind of beyond the me waking them up. But still, there was a time where my wife would be nursing the kids to sleep, or she would be on the couch. It's 9 o'clock at night, and the night game's just starting, and a big play would happen, and I would stand up and go, "Yes, you know, I'm I'm pumped," and she would yell at me because I sometimes I had I did wake them up. I'm not gonna lie, not gonna lie. Uh, Super Bowl 40, when the Steelers won Super Bowl 40, I'm sorry, 43, my son was just born in November of, of 2008. Uh, I went in and got him up. She wasn't happy about that either. So I'm not the best example, John, but still, <laughs> you are, I, I now do a lot of grunting, uh, if the kids are asleep or if, if there's, uh, let's say our youngest is napping on the couch. It's a lot of, mm, yeah, like that type of stuff. So you, you can work around it. You can work it out. All right. Um, let's see here. Ryan Carter says three parter here. When you look at it, do you think it's the O-line or Ben eyeing down his target? 
Would you would more time equal more QB vision? And do you think putting Hasnauer at center and Green back at guard would help the run? Usually, an aggressive guard is more effective with the run. Okay, first part. Do okay. So you said is it the O line or Ben eyeing down his target? I think it's the O line. Would more time equal more QB vision? Yes, it would. And do you think putting Hasnauer at center would help? No, I don't. I think Green's just that's their center. That's their center for the long ter- long haul. You just have to ride it out. It sucks at times, but you got to ride it out. And I don't think the guards have been the issue either, by the way. Next question, Justin Mitchell. At what point in the season will the Steelers attack the middle of the field and break teams of playing that cover one against us? Well, they're going to do it when, the, the. I mean, my gosh, the Steelers will have to start making plays down the field that are going to force the defense to alter how they approach the Steelers' offense. And I don't know when that's going to happen. They're going to have to be creative. They're going to have to scheme things up. And Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to take some risks. And I think that there's a part of him that does not want to turn it over. He's afraid of the back-breaking interception. And I get it, but you can't play quarterback scared, not in the NFL. And so he's going to have to kind of get over that and really start trusting his arm, trusting his vision that he's making the right decision. Brian Haynes says, two injury questions. Does the taco signing mean two? It won't be ready anytime soon. And does B bring a limited, what is this? Oh, being limited cause you concern. I don't know what the heck the limited part was. B, but I don't even know who that is. But taco signing, I think that's more about pass rushing. Sorry about that, Brian. I have no clue what you're talking about. Believer says, talk me off the cliff. I know everyone is one and one in the division, but man, it looks bad. Something good to it coming back. Rumors of a trade for a stud center or tackle. Something to make me think I shouldn't start looking at quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah, I know I'm a little dramatic. Hashtag ride or die crew. It's still really early. Think about last season. The Steelers were 11-0 with a little bit of smoke and mirrors. We all know that that was a deceiving 11-0. No one wanted to say it, but the national media was like, this team's not that good. And Steeler fans got all ticked off. Well, how did it end? Now, I know it feels like it's the ending of last season is picking up at the beginning of this season. But just think about the fact that they can get it right. They can still get it right. There's still time. Don't jump off of anything yet. Unless it's your couch. That's fun. All right, Kyle says, do you think the Steelers have enough depth at the quarterback position to not worry as much if Ben goes out with an injury? In other words, can... QB two or maybe even QB three, some of Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins get it done. I think Mason Rudolph is capable of winning the Steelers a couple games. When I say winning, I do not mean it's okay. Get on my back. Let's go do it. It's I think he can make enough plays to score points. I know he didn't score a touchdown in the preseason. I don't care. I think he's capable. I really do. Is he the answer for the long term? I don't think so. But in the short term, I think he can do the job. Brittany Shaw says, I know it's still very early in the season, but if we lose to the Bengals and continue to not see any improvement on the offense, when should we start to worry? If the Steelers lose to the Bengals, you start to worry at that moment. I'm going to be completely honest. This schedule only gets more difficult on face value right now as the season progresses. And I know I just talked about it in the first half about how the schedule and all this stuff. Well, when you play the Kansas City Chiefs, unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, there's always going to be a really good team. They're going to be a tough out. The division is tough. Um, you, you have other games against teams that we know are tough. So I think the Steelers, if they lose this game on Sunday at home, that's when it's time, in my opinion, to worry. 
MD Steeler fans says, hey, Jeff, it's obvious that the problem right now is the O-line, but I haven't heard a good solution. Obviously, it needs work, but what can be done to make it better? If Ben can just get more time and Najee some space, his offense would be elite. Hashtag ride or die crew. Okay, I agree that this offense could be elite, but I think that what they need to do on the offensive side of the ball is, and this is something that Merrill Hodge talked about on that video I spoke of, they need to just kind of fine-tune things, go with what they know works have a handful of plays, sets, you know, you're talking about formations, maybe leave some of the motions on, only on a rare occasion, run those motions. If you feel that it is causing confusion or it's not able to stay as cohesive as you want, you have to do what it takes to make it work right now. And then if it works right now, you can add to it later. That's that's my best answer. I know it's not a good one, but that's my best answer. Lori says, I see Ben really trying to work Canada's offense, but he's taking too many hits. The O-line's just not good enough yet. So how long do you think it'll take before they go back to the no-huddle type of offense? Hashtag ride or die crew. I think if the Steelers are smart, they utilize the muddle huddle. For instance, if they get the opponent in a in a set, let's say they get him in the dime or another sub package, and they want to attack that, then keep him in it. Go little, little no huddle, you know, Ben Roethlisberger using the hand signals, stuff like that. I don't see a problem with that. A lot of people do, but I don't. Mike says, hey, Jeff, if they end up giving Ben a week off with his injury, how confident are you with Mason against the Bengals? I trust him to get 17 to 24 points, but I think we'd need some players back on defense to hold the Bengals offense to lower. I think that Mason Rudolph could win this game. I really do. Honest to goodness, think that if Mason Rudolph had to be called upon, he could go in and win the game. I know I'm in the minority. It's just the way I feel. David Testa says, tweeting from the beach. David, I'm jealous. Let's get that out of the way. Anyways, we all need to take a deep breath. We have a long season ahead of us, but what's the way forward? How can we as Steeler Nation enjoy the rest of the season come what may? Hashtag ride or die crew. So, David, how can the Steeler fan base enjoy the rest of the season? Enjoy just having Steelers football. I do this all the time. I think to myself, what's it, what is it like in, you know, March when all they're ta- all you're talking about is like, oh, here comes free agency or late February, the Super Bowl's over and everyone's just kind of like waiting. And then you're waiting and then the draft comes and that's exciting, but then you're waiting. And then oh, there's mini camp and then you're waiting. And then it comes around again and you're so excited and then it's gone. Like, and it feels like in a blink of an eye. So I, regardless if the Steelers are frustrating, just enjoy watching them play. Like just enjoy watching the Steelers play. That's all I can say. All right, Gene asks, are the wide receivers for the Steelers a little overrated as they really don't get any separation down the field? Seems like all the catches are a fight for the ball. I think that some might be a little overrated, but I think they have a really good and deep uh, receiving core whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster working over the middle, Deontay Johnson with the short intermediate stuff. I think Chase Claypool's developing into a very good deep play, big play wide receiver. So I understand there's a lot of combat catches, but if they make those catches, that can be their forte. I have no problem with that. All right. Brian Haynes asks, why are we having so many groin issues all of a sudden? What's the biggest reason for a groin injury? And this kind of ties into the next question from Cheeseball10. He says, the abundance of groin injuries, a coincidence? Or is it an equipment malfunction, strength and training issue, etc.? So from my perspective, and I do have, I don't have, I'm not a doctor, 
but I've done a, a ton of rehabilitation with groins and, and other tendons and ligaments and stuff like that. Groin injuries are extremely difficult depending on the severity. Uh, groin injuries can be so severe they require surgery. Groin injuries can also be the type that and if you give them a week off, they'll be fine. It, it literally is a case-by-case basis. Some might say that this has everything to do with training or a lack of training. I'm not one of those people. A groin injury can happen just you turn your body, and if you know the, the mechanics of the human body, you know the musculature, you know the anatomy, you know that those groin muscles, they do so much, especially for someone like a pass rusher. You want that lateral movement, that speed and quickness. It just takes one weird movement, and you just yanked it. So I, I'm not going to point the finger at the strength and conditioning coach or the player's work ethic in the offseason. Um, it's just one of those fluke things, and let's hope this is it. You know, let's hope all these players get healthy from this and we don't have to deal with these groin injuries again. I don't want to see the hashtag groin watch ever again. <laughs> okay, last question. Bud Wall says, is there a cure to the offensive line? Um, No, there's no cure right now. Unfortunately, there's not. I wish there was, but there isn't. So we talked a lot about the O-line. We talked a lot about it. Hopefully, I helped you all out a little bit. I enjoyed this mailbag. Some really good questions. Really good questions. Anytime I get asked parental parental advice, I'm happy because it tells me that I'm not a complete idiot as a father. Okay, and Maybe I am. I am. That's whatever. Okay, folks, I'll be back on Friday to preview this upcoming game uh, and the keys for what the Steelers need to do to beat the Bengals on Sunday. And I'll also have Mr. Michael Beck, our deputy editor, joining me, Blue Check Beck. Uh, in the second half, we'll do our, all our NFL picks, so make sure you check that out. Also, check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And as always, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, that does it for me. Have a great Wednesday. I'll see you on Friday. You know how we finish it. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you on Friday. We'll see you. 